Dear listeners, I'm Lauren Conlon, and before you embark on this investigative journey with me, I want to offer a sincere word of my acknowledgement and gratitude. When I, as the host, first set out on this path, I was admittedly very green. I lacked the seasoned expertise and finesse that comes with experience in investigative podcasting and reporting. However, Every story has a beginning and an ending, and this podcast represents the start of my own investigative odyssey. So as you dive into these episodes, you may notice rough edges or moments where my inexperience shines through, but please know that every stumble and misstep has been a crucial part of my learning process, and I've embraced each challenge as an opportunity for growth and improvement. So I want to express my heartfelt appreciation to each and every one of you who was stuck with the story despite my imperfections because Grant's story is important. So your support and patience have been invaluable as I've navigated the complexities of investigative podcasting and your feedback, whether constructive criticism, words of encouragement, or maybe something that wasn't so nice has helped me and helped shape this podcast into what it is today. So without further ado, here is Corruption, What Happened to Grant Solomon. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Corruption Podcast, What Happened to Grant Solomon. I'm your host, Lauren Conlin. So I'm going to apologize in advance for my voice this week. I am totally losing it. So um, forgive me uh, for being extra scratchy today. Now, for this week's episode, we actually hear from Gracie herself. So there's a few things that I do want to address before we get into the episode because I feel like obviously we're straying from the quote unquote ditch where Grant died and the main focus of this podcast is obviously Grant's mysterious and tragic death and getting his case reopened. So clearly things turned out to be way more complex as we, you know, started digging. So the last episode with Gracie's classmate did focus on the alleged cover up of Gracie's abuse. And in this episode, you're going to hear a bit about the abuse that Grant suffered as well from Aaron Solomon. So when I interviewed Gracie, I kind of found it hard because I really and truly, I I didn't like that I had to have her bring up the sexual abuse that she endured, you know, but I felt like I guess it was kind of necessary. And I mean, she is just incredible. She is so strong, so mature. And obviously, I'm not a psychologist, but she seems to compartmentalize some of this so she can speak about it on podcasts and, and interviews and stuff. So, you know, at the end of the interview, I really wanted to keep it light, I guess, and just ask her about herself, her favorite foods, her hobbies, because in the end, she's just a 16-year-old girl trying to live her life and cope with the death of her brother and the fact that her father is still out there. 
So um, before we play that interview, I'm I'm going to just go over my list of things to update everyone on. So I discussed last week on last week's episode that I did call the Gallatin PD, Chief Sorrells, who couldn't get off the phone with me fast enough when I said the name Grant Solomon. And I said this on a previous episode, but I've, I've left two messages for Commissioner Bandy and my calls have not been returned. But... I got an anonymous tip over Memorial Day weekend that Bandy actually does return calls. So in 2021, apparently somebody called him and said they were a producer for Nancy Grace. And he called them back immediately and just kissed their ass. He was so nice, blah, blah, blah. I actually heard the recording of this call. I decided not to play it because I didn't really have time to look into the laws about impersonating somebody, even though this person, whoever did this, the the Nancy Grace producer, they said they were, it was fictional. They, they used a fake name. So I guess it's just kind of comical that, hey, the, the Gallatin PD will return calls if you're famous or you work with someone famous. So, oh my gosh, if I was Commissioner Bandy, I'd be a little embarrassed about this. Anyway, if you are on Twitter, you should definitely follow this account that I retweet a lot. It's called Anglican Watch. So it's a website as well, anglicanwatch.com. And the guy that runs this is just amazing. He's a former cop and he just knows his stuff. So he wrote a really thorough article after studying Grant's case straight for a week. And he listed out what the police should do when reopening this case. And I mean, for the record, they obviously should have done this initially. And Gracie even says in her interview later that she wrote a five-page letter to Magistrate Jacques Cabell detailing her abuse, plus detailing Grant's abuse and how Grant and Aaron Solomon just did not get along and Grant was basically terrified of him. So oh my gosh, it just angers me to say this out loud. But oh yeah, and I'm being sarcastic right now, but when Grant gets into this accident and his dad is the only witness, somehow none of this comes up. These are all very educated men in law enforcement in that work in the law. I mean, I am just, uh, I'm floored every time I, I have to even say this. But yeah, Gallatin PD, this is what you should have done and what you should do. And this is per Anglican Watch. And you can find this article sourced um, in the podcast notes. A review of Aaron's conduct towards family members, an evaluation of Aaron's veracity, including a review of his shifting explanations as to the circumstances of Grant's death a request for a polygraph examination by Aaron, a review of his conduct towards family, including past allegations of physical violence, an evaluation of black box data from Grant's truck, a forensic examination of Grant's remains, a warranted search of Aaron's home, email, computers, and internet activity, interviews with Aaron's coworkers and colleagues, an interview of former Grace Chapel pastor Stephen Berger, interviews with hospital and EMS personnel who cared for Grant in his final moments, and lastly, a forensic psychological exam of Aaron. Yeah, so again, I highly suggest you read the article. It's in the episode notes, and I just, I mean, it's it's crazy, None of this was done. I'll stop harping on it because it's it's it is what it is, but yeah, this needs to happen and uh yeah, we're going to make it happen. So anyway, I also want to give an update to inform people about Gracie's rape case against her father. So the alleged rape occurred in North Carolina and in Asheville, and there is a detective in North Carolina working the case who actually called Angie last week requesting a forensic exam that Gracie did shortly after. So I believe once he has that and Angie is working on getting a kick-ass attorney, we'll be on our way to really nailing Aaron Solomon on what he did to his daughter. So the last thing I want to talk about before I play the interview is the article that I've sourced in the last few podcasts written by Alex Willis. Now, this article is the one that Steve Berger and Grace Chapel did not want published about them allegedly covering up the abuse. So if you notice in 
in this article, there is a letter that Grace Chapel sent out in response to Gracie's YouTube video that she made in 2021. And I played that on a previous episode. And they state in this letter that once they were made aware of the abuse, they went to the Williamson, Williamson County Sheriff's Office with, quote unquote, a parent, aka Angie, to report the abuse. So I asked Angie to clarify this and, oh, she definitely did. So Angie and Steve Berger's assistant at the time did go to the police in 2018, but it was about Aaron Solomon apparently or allegedly sliding into a high school girl's DMs. She was one of Grant's friends and I do have her name. I've reached out to her, haven't heard back, but It's unclear. Apparently, he was offering to take pictures of her playing sports or something like that. But yeah, highly inappropriate. And they said, you know, Aaron Solomon is a groomer. So they reported it. And the police said they would follow up about the investigation. And they never did. The lead on this was Officer Jeff Long. And yeah, just for the record, never, ever followed up on this investigation. But ugh, that's so gross. Like, imagine your friend's dad DMing you. It's just, it's so inappropriate and so disgusting. So um, anyway, let's get to Gracie's interview because I just, I want you all to hear it. And I just have so much respect for this brave young girl. And a quick disclaimer, I know you're sick of hearing me talk. You're like, play the interview. Um, But I do want to say that this this will be Gracie's last podcast interview for a long time. I believe she did one other interview this week, but she needs a break. And I mentioned that she is really good at compartmentalizing things. You know, she is just so incredible and she's able to tell her story, but it gets to her. It really does. Um, you know, she, you know, that feeling when you're, you're in bed and you're alone and it's late at night and you just start thinking about things. Well, yeah, imagine, imagine Gracie Solomon. So she needs a break. And I think that, um, everybody can respect that. And one other thing I, I want to point out is Gracie did mention to me, we discussed the alleged rape that happened in North Carolina involving her father, Aaron Solomon, but I have chosen not to play it. Um, I'm going to keep it. I have it on record, but I think for legal reasons, uh, it shouldn't be played out there for the public. So, um, okay, I am going to stop talking now and finally play the interview with the amazingly brave Gracie Solomon. It's hard to believe that I have not had Gracie Solomon live on this podcast yet, but I haven't, but she's here with us now. So Gracie, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. I mean, thank you for for speaking out and, um, you know, having the courage, the bravery, and also just being able to do this over and over again. Because I know that you do this a lot. And I've told your mom this. I don't know how you guys constantly tell your story, um, but it's amazing. So how old are you right now? I'm 16. I'll be 17 in October. Okay. So you just finished your sophomore year. So you have two more years at school. Yes. Okay. And how long have you been living with just your mom for? Um, since like late 2018, probably late 2018. Wow. I mean, I know this has been said, but I do, I follow you on Instagram and I follow your mom and, um, you, you truly seem like you're doing just amazingly well. I mean, you look beautiful. You are killing it at track. Your mom says you're like a straight A student. I mean, I feel, yeah, truly, I feel like this has just been wonderful for you to just, you know, live with your mom and um, I guess not have any sort of contact with your dad. Mm -hmm. I've noticed so much change within myself and um, I just feel so much better as a person and feel like myself again because for a while, I kind of lost myself, um, and I like found it again. Uh, yeah, and I just feel, I feel very content. I'm still scared because he's out there, but I feel happy that I'm with her and I'm able to be with her after all the time that I wasn't. Yeah, I mean, your mom is a tough bitch. Let's just put it out okay. there. So yeah, she's gonna protect you. Let's just, yes. I mean, and, and 
really now that she um, is aware, I'd say for a lot of a lot of this and a lot of what you went through from what I've gathered and what I've researched, you know, a lot of the time your mom wasn't aware. And the minute that she was, she kind of dropped everything to, you know, protect you Mm -hmm. and, and try to protect Grant as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, when is the last time you, you've seen your dad in person? Um, probably right after my brother passed in 2020, because he kind of just like, my dad just entered himself like, into our like family like dynamic almost it was really weird Mm -hmm. um he immediately started like touching me again like playing with my hair like caressing me and I got so uncomfortable like he was just in our house sometimes and for like a week or so and then we told him to get out of the house so yeah Yeah. uh that was the last time I saw him and it was like I guess you could say like July to August of 2020 and yeah Okay, so you never really have to see him around town, even though you kind of live in the same area. You never run into him or anything like that. Mm-mm. Just when I had, um, the only time I like saw him, like a glimpse of him, was my uh, the substantiation like hearing or something. I don't know exactly what it was called, yep. but I just saw him through a door, and I was like, my heart just like plummeted. Okay. Uh, and for people listening, the substantiation hearing meant the substantiation of the sexual abuse by uh, the Tennessee Children's Services Department. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And that's when you got the no contact order in place. No, that was like, that was before. This was like a few months ago. Oh, this was a few months ago. Yeah. When I had, I had to testify a few months ago. Um, okay. For his substantiation and yeah, okay. that got blocked. Okay, so you saw him through a doorway and you were like, "Holy shit! Oh my gosh!" Yep. Um, okay, so this is so the the no contact order is still in place, and yes. for the most part, he's adhered to this. He never texts you, he never emails you, he never reaches out to your friends, as far as you know. No, um, the only thing he like kind of has tried to do is kind of like get in contact with my school. Um, and apparently on my, like, student, like, portal, um, like, whenever, because both parents show up on that, like, as, like, I don't know, but there's only, like, a legal alert that shows up, but there's nothing saying there's no contact or anything, so, like, my teachers don't really know how to, like, uh, like, abide, or, like, I don't know how to explain it, but, like, he still has like a little way to get into all my school and he can see all my grades and everything and like absences and stuff like that. But. Okay. So this is, this is kind of interesting. I, I think that I knew something about this, about him trying to get in, like put something in your yearbook or something like that. Is that, yeah. So um, if you want to just tell me what happened there. And then second of all, I'm, I'm a little surprised that your school is not aware of this no contact because essentially he could show up on campus or something like that. Is is that right? I mean, I I don't know. Yeah. I don't I don't think so cuz he knows he can't. Right. But okay. There's nothing telling like for example like student teacher conferences. There's no Whoa. like he can still have them. Right. But only a few teachers said like, no, like we're okay. Like we don't, we don't, we shouldn't. And I was like, thank you. But um, yeah. <laughs> um, some other teachers just said like that they will because he can and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, whatever. Okay. But, so it's safe to assume that most of your teachers know your situation. I would hope so. Okay. Okay, good. No, it's interesting you bring this up because I was saying uh, the other day, there's in one of my daughters uh, or a uh, these kids in her class, they their dad is out of the picture. But for whatever reason, as I'm a class mom, we're not allowed to take his name off of the email list. So I don't know if that's something similar. Um, it's very weird because apparently there's like this whole thing where he, you know, did something to them, but I'm not allowed to take his name off the list. So it's so strange. But um, can you just tell us what happened about um, the whole yearbook situation? Yeah. Okay. So it was like a fun little day at school. It was called like spring fling or whatever. And there was like, um, there was a lot of activities going and around and, um, we got to get our yearbooks. 
So I went up to the stand to get my yearbooks and I had only expected one. Um, but there was three. And um at first I was like, oh, like, well, at first I only know there was two because they're like, okay, so here's um the first one, and then uh they gave me like another one, and I was like, well, okay. <laughs> and then they were like, Oh, you're um they call that wait, sorry, I'm like all over the place. They it's were okay. like um, the yearbook lady was standing by and these high schoolers, like the seniors were giving the yearbooks out. So they're all kind of like working together mm-hmm. and the seniors, they were like, Oh, like Miss Yearbook. I don't know her name, but Miss Yearbook lady, like, <laughs> Oh, it's <laughs> Solomon. And I was like, why are they doing this? Like, just give me my yearbook. Yeah. I don't see the problem. And, uh, they were like, Oh, like your dad had the yearbook lady had came up to me and she was like oh your dad had emailed us saying to hold off on the yearbooks and I was like what do you mean like she was like did you know about that and I was like no ma'am like I had no idea and um she was like oh okay um I guess you can take them and I was like okay and so I ended up taking two and I said because I had assumed oh maybe my mom got one for herself and then she got one for me obviously because the first two were given to me, and then there was, like, this third one, and I was like, I didn't yeah. know about this. And they were like, um, yeah, like, your dad had got, I found out later that my dad got two. One, this is what I think. He got one for me. Mm-hmm. So, like, a little gift. Like, here. Sure. You know, just to, like, keep, like, st- like doing little things to stay, like, in contact with me. Mm-hmm. And then he got one for himself. So he could see, like, everyone, all my friends, like, me, like, you know. Um, But, yeah, I I just said, you can leave, uh, you can leave that one for him. I don't, I don't know what he'll do about it, but you can just leave that and I'll take the two. And so I don't know what happened about that other yearbook, but. Wow. Okay, so. And he'll, I don't know what he'll do, but. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I didn't want to, I didn't want to, like, say, like all the issues that I have with him. I just simply wanted to grab my yearbooks and I only expected one, maybe two. And there was three. I was like, okay, that's weird. But right. You didn't want to get into it on the spot. You just wanted to be happy and celebrate and get your yearbook and be on your way. Um, Yeah. yeah, It sounds to me like he is trying to, you know, um, I guess show you that he's, he's there and Mm -hmm. he um, does want to interact with you, which obviously is not going to happen. And then the other part of that is really gross because I, I don't think my dad would ever go and get a copy of my yearbook, like a separate copy for myself. Mm -hmm. That's so fucking gross and weird. Um, which brings me uh, to another point. Now I like to source a lot of these podcasts. So I've used an article, um, from the Tennessean that Alex Willis wrote about Steve Berger, um, not reporting the alleged abuse and, um, you know, what, what Grant, when Grant had spoken to him and something that the church did grace chapel, they had, I don't know if you saw this, but they wrote like a four page letter basically explaining themselves and, you know, just trying to cover their ass, you know, in all ways possible. And at one point they say that they went to the police with your mom to report abuse. Now I spoke to your mom this abuse wasn't about you. It was actually about Aaron Solomon sliding into Grant's friend's DMs. I don't know if you know anything about this, but he was communicating and technically grooming these 16, 17-year-old, 18-year-old girls in yeah. high school. So did you know if there was more than one? Did you know if there was, you know, just one? I mean, I was I was pretty shocked. And and also just to add to this, Gracie, um, I don't think that, you know, they ever got back to your mom about this investigation. I don't think so either. Um, um I would say that since he did it to at least one that I know of, there are more. Okay. You know, since there was one. There's definitely more. Do you know what he was saying to them by any chance? No. Okay. He was just going and messaging them. And even, let's say, even if he was saying, how's your day? 
That's really weird. I think that everyone can agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. But I don't, it was definitely in a different um, context, I would say, because like all the time he would, for example, he would like, um, I heard that at um, homecoming or like homecoming court, there was a homecoming court on the football field yeah. and he was like videoing up dresses and like, mm-hmm. he just tries, he tries to be around all the girls all the time. And if he couldn't, I guess he would message them. So. Wow. Okay. Um. Now looking back, I don't know if you recall this, but um, in whatever middle school, high school, when you were living with your dad, do you recall um, a friendship between he and Steve Berger or he and Robbie Mason, for example? Do you recall, you know, any of these friendships where people now are saying, okay, well, Aaron Solomon is seemingly untouchable because he has all these high power connections. I mean, did you witness any of this? I'm just curious. I didn't like witness it. Um, but I always had like an odd feeling because like, um, at school, because the church and uh, GCA, um, they're, like, kind of connected. Like, the building is literally connected. It's, like, the church in the back and the school. Okay. The middle school and elementary school, and then there's a high school, like, down the road. Um, but Steve Berger, and he had this dog named Esso, and it was a German Shepherd. Yeah, <laughs> it was a German <laughs> Shepherd, and... Me as a little girl, I wanted to say hi to the dog and everything, but mm-hmm. Steve was always more um, friendly towards me than kind of like everyone else. Like whenever I would be around them, he was more friendly to me. Um, and then at church, I did hear that, um, or my dad actually told me that he sat, he sits behind Billy in church. Okay, that's what he did. That he did literally tell me. Um, and then you say just Steve Berger or who else were you talking about? Well, I, I want to know, did he, did he say anything else about Billy? Like, oh, I sat behind him and we spoke, or did he just say, oh, I, I sit behind yes. him frequently. That's, yes. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I'm like, kind of like friend, like not friends with him, but I don't know exactly what he said. Cause it was a really long time ago, mm-hmm. but he was like, yeah, I sit behind Billy in church, like trying to like almost like flex that he sits behind the governor and I'm like, okay, like no one cares. Um, (laughs) you're like, I'm 12. I don't give a shit about the governor, but anyway, yeah. (laughs) Um, but Robbie Robbie Mason is the other one I mentioned. Oh, I mean him and Robbie, I mean him and the whole school were just like, I just had such weird feelings about, um, just all like the whole school in general, because like, Mm. I just knew that like deep down and I'm pretty good about like, kind of like sensing people. Um, it's kind of like a gift, but I can sense people when they're like really bad or like against me or they could like harm somebody or anything. Um, so that's that feeling I had with all of them. And I just like, given how they would treat me, they were obviously close with my dad. So it's like, that's another thing. So the, the headmasters and, um, I mean, at football games and stuff, they would talk and, um, but the main thing is like knowing how the school treated me in such a horrible way. Mm-hmm. Um, they obviously were friends with him. And I am so sorry, um, about all of that, because I know when I spoke to a friend of yours. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. The other week, I won't mention her name, but I was, um, I was really angry. I was really saddened. I was just, I mean, she told me the whole story. I don't know if you listened, but just about the time that Aaron had showed up at, at GCA to pick you up mm-hmm. and you're like, I'm not going with him. And you told them everything about the essay and everything. And, and you know, they told all the kids that witnessed this to keep their mouths shut and not even tell their parents. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is, that's completely insane to me. That's like, it's horrible. But um, she also mentioned that your dad would be hanging around at school once a week, at least. Do you remember this? Um. Yeah. I mean, people would like tell me that like they would see him in the lobby or like, um, around like the football fields and stuff like during school hours. And I was like, yeah, why is he here? And I would like kind of freak out. Cause I was like, I don't want him to come up here. Like I'm scared. And, um, but I mean, that's kind of all I remember about that. It's just like, he would sometimes just like visit in the lobby and I'm like, for what? Like, yeah, right. You had no clue why he would be there. And do you, besides, you know, the, the fact that the Gallatin PD probably takes its orders from the DA or from the, you know, whatever the governor, does he have any connection to the Gallatin PD? I mean, I guess so. Yeah. Right. Okay. I don't, I mean, I don't, I can't tell you that for a fact, but yeah, seems to be. Yeah. Right. You just, you, to your knowledge, didn't, you never saw him hanging out with officer Ty Wilson or, you know, chief commissioner Bandy or chief Sorrell. You never saw any of that like in your lifetime. Okay. All right. Got it. Um, and I don't, I, I want to sort of switch gears a little bit, um, if you're comfortable with it, but do you remember, um, when you first became super scared of your father and told your brother about it? Um, well, I always, um, wait, let me think about this. Take your time. Um, but me and my brother kind of only had each other when we were alone with my dad. Um, and we weren't seeing my mom. And, um, at the time we were in an apartment in Antioch, I would say we moved so many times. I've been in so many houses in my life, (laughs) but, um, because of him, um, but we would always just have each other's backs and I would just go to his room and we would lock the door and just kind of hang out and just, chat and he had like a little mini basketball hoop on the back of his door so we would play a little basketball and listen to music really loud so we just wouldn't have to think about anything and um but given that um he kind of knew that there was something going on he always kind of just knew Mm -hmm. he had this gift of knowing things Mm -hmm. um but throughout then I mean I would just tell him that I was scared and things like that, but I never really told him about the um, <clears throat> the sexual abuse until about, I don't, I just know where we were living at the time. Yeah. We were with my mom um, and we were living like on Lewisburg Pike and in Franklin. And um, we were all sitting in the living room and I was um, I'm trying to think how I fully said this, but, um, it was kind of recent after, I think it was, I would say it was like 2019 or like early 2019 or something. And we were all sitting in the living room and I, um, was wondering if a man's, I'm just going to say like, I'll say penis. Yeah, that's fine. Yep. If a man's penis should get hard around their daughter. Mm. And I was really, um, I just didn't really know, but I knew it was wrong. Um, And all I remember is him just kind of sitting there just in shock. And um, that's kind of when I first told him. And um, he he said no. And I was like, okay. So it was just, it was a really, um, sad moment, um, for like our family and 
I felt so um, just thinking about it now. It's like just knowing what he must have like, I would just wonder what he thought or, you know, because I, I know that must have been hard for him to hear. So because we always were like around each other and stuff. And he that was like, I don't know. But yeah, that's kind of when I told him. So 20, 2019, you ended up telling him and he it was basically- it was probably like really late 2018 or early 2019. I'm not sure. But OK, he he essentially wasted no time then in in telling somebody this. He really didn't. I mean, I think whew, I think, um, you know, I I had spoken to a mother on on the podcast and she had told me that after Grant had passed away and some of these allegations came out and you had done your YouTube video, she had said, you know, my kids and their friends remembered now when Gracie was so little, like, you know, 10 or something like that. And she went to school just really confused. I mean, like, my dad does this to me. Um, Does your dad do it to you? And you had no clue what it was. And all the other kids had no clue what it was either. Nobody knew to make sense of, of any of it. Do you do you recall that as well? Mm-hmm. You do. So you were just very confused. And at that point, you didn't really have your mom because your dad had taken her from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you had essentially no one, no one to talk to, honey. Is that right? No. Yeah. That's why I was going to people at my school. And and you also recall him possibly taking pictures of you. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have, um, I have thoughts about this and I like, it makes me very angry. It burns me up inside. Um, but I, I want to ask you because I think that, and I spoke to your mom about this, these, these men in power in Tennessee, it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, it's tough, right? Coming at these guys are really tough, but I think at this point, the horrible thing that happened to you in North Carolina, I think, I think that is the way we are going to get this man. I think Mm -hmm. that's the way I really do. And I don't know if you agree, but I do. And this is where Gracie told me about the whole ordeal and I removed it, chose to take it out. So, um, we're going to move on. And the next thing you are going to hear is Gracie speaking about the next day after it happened and um, the horrible court date and the horrible hearing that she had to endure. That court date ended up being horrible. Um, my mom lost and I was, hu- I was hugging on to my mom and um, obviously my dad won and his attorney said, she's yours now. You can, you can take her. So they just ripped me off of her and I went and got in the car with him. And it was horrible so sorry. That's over. Okay. That's over. So yeah, yeah, that is over. But, um, what, what you're doing now is like so incredibly brave and amazing. So just, um, just know that like, this really is not easy. And I really don't think, um, or I know that you have to be a really special kind of person to, to do this and to come forward and to speak so straightforward about all of this stuff. Um, so just back to that timeline, this was before you had told Grant, obviously, because you just told Grant about the essay in 2019. Okay. Wow. Roughly. That's my roughly. Rough yeah. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. My timelines are ratchet. I yeah, can't do No, it. no, it's okay. I, I totally understand how this can all get um sort of, yeah, messed up. Now, um, when, when or why did you start to think that your dad had something to do with the death of your brother? Um, right after, like right when I got to the hospital. And why is that? Because, um, I had witnessed some, like, just like they had a horrible relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, it was very, my dad was like mentally and physically kind of abusive towards him. Um, he was always yelling, one time I witnessed him like grabbing him by his shirt and like holding him up to his face and just screaming at him. So obviously that's a kind of given that there was a bad relationship. And um, I had a lot of time between 2018 and 2020 to just think about 
everything that was happening and everything that had happened to me and my brother and my mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had a lot of anger. Um, but knowing that my dad was the only witness and um, given what has happened to my family, it really just clicked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, like kind of the week went by and after I heard what stories he was telling people, there was like seven different stories. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, there's no way. And it, oh, it was, um, but yeah, it was like right after. And then I just kind of thought about it and didn't say anything till like a few days after. And I was like, he did it. Like, mm-hmm. there's no doubt in my mind. Um, Do you, yeah. I know I haven't really discussed this on the podcast, but the baseball bat theory, there is, and there still is, to my knowledge, I believe, a, a bat missing um, that was in Grant's room or something. And Aaron had asked about this bat multiple times um, to your mother, asking if she knew where it was. And, um, you know, I know that Grant's cause of death was blunt force trauma to the head. Do you believe that this bat at the hands of your father could have done this? Mm-hmm. You do believe yeah. that? Yeah. Do you believe he had help? Possibly. Yeah. That's something I think about too, with the three men, three men, um, only because a lot of people who don't know this case, you know, inside and out, they're like, well, there was no three men. And you're like, no, you're absolutely right. On the 911 call, not a peep. There's no three men. I mean, we analyze this, there's none. But then Alex Willis the reporter from the Williams. Yeah. So he spoke to one of the employees at WPI who says, Oh no, there were three men and then they were gone. So I believe these three men, I mean, I I do believe, yes, they were a part of it. I just don't know how yet. And I don't know who they are. So um, Yeah. yeah, that's, that's what I believe. So if you, if you could speak and and say anything to, to the Gallatin police or um, Ray Whitley or governor Lee or, or or Steve Berger, I mean, what would you say to these men? Uh. Besides (laughs) fuck you. Okay. Besides that. I mean, it's just like, I I guess I'm, I still always just have such a, um, I have such a hard time that they, they wouldn't want something done. You're a child. Your brother was essentially a child. I mean, this is just, they're supposed to be Christians. I don't, I don't understand. Um, I would probably say like, what is wrong with you? And just the big picture, like why? Because I just want to know what happened to Grant. Um, it makes no sense. Um, unless they're getting like paid or I don't know, cause my dad has the money for that. So I'm sure that's a possibility. Um, but I mean, I mean, they just really messed up. I, I don't, I don't get it. Um, it's kind of like mind boggling. I, I don't know what to think about that, but yeah. I agree with you. I, I think about it all the time where I'm like, why, why, why? What, what do they all, what are they so scared of? I guess. Why is this such a sore subject for them? For all of them, it's a sore subject. Now, they just like shun it. They like, no, it's weird. And they get all defensive. Well, Gracie, I'm going to tell you people that I don't even know have reached out to me and you know, I'm not from that area. So they've reached out to me and said, oh my gosh, I can't believe, you know, I can't believe that you're you're coming at this case and you're saying X, Y, Z, these men, they're dangerous. I'm like, I'm sorry, these men of God are dangerous? Like, that's the last thing that I would have thought, right? Like, I was just so shocked that people were coming at me and saying that. I had, I just couldn't believe it. Um, and something I had thought of the other day, I didn't want to put it out there just yet, but, you know, whatever. Um, about the pictures, do you do you remember if your dad had cameras in the house? Like, did you ever see anything weird? And you can think about this for a second, but that could have been a hidden camera, like in the shower, for example, or in your bedroom or just anything weird like that. Um, 
The only thing I mainly know of is I would literally see his phone in his hands angled at me in the bathroom. Oh, that's at, like, at how old were you? It was like a long period of time. It was probably from when I was about. It was as long as I can remember. Um, that's the best way to put it. But um, probably like three, four to like nine. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. He would. That's- he would always have his phone. That's gross. Um, and you, you essentially, just to reiterate, um, you reported this abuse and you reported um, everything multiple that you times. knew multiple times to the school, to your school, um, which they ignored, but yet they had said, oh no, we want to report it um, to Williamson County, which that, that wasn't what they reported. Um, and then you had, had discussed this in court with um, Magistrate Cabell, I believe, or one of them. I wrote the guy, him a huge letter. The one who said he had a magic brain, right? He said oh, he had yeah. a ma- Yeah, okay, okay. So you wrote a letter, and they still did nothing. I wrote my whole testimony. Yep. Okay, and they still sent you back with On, like, name. five pages or six pages worth of just everything. Mm-hmm. And and this was and they sent you home with Aaron after this testimony. Like they were like, "No, sorry, we don't buy it." I think at that point, um, I don't. I'm so bad at timelines. I don't remember. It's okay, I don't exactly remember specifically when I gave that to him. But um, who did you give it to, Gracie? Just curious. Like your lawyer, and he read it to the court, or you had to read it. How did that? Oh, work? I, I, I physically gave it to Cabell. Oh, you did. You did. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in that letter, do you know if you mentioned your dad abusing Grant? Yeah, well? I talked about how their relationship, like all of their relationship and stuff like that. Okay, so it's literally on record to to the listeners. Okay, you wrote a six page letter to magistrate Jacques Cabell detailing your abuse, detailing the relationship, the tumultuous relationship that your brother had with your dad. And then after your brother passes away with your dad as the only witness, this magistrate doesn't even think to bring this up. Not even, I mean, I'm, I don't know what to say. I would say you need to get the F out of Tennessee once everything is sorted, because this is like, this is not a good state. I don't oh, understand. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm planning on going to college out of state anyways. Oh my gosh, Gracie. I hey, know I'm you. staying here. Where? I'm, there's no way I'm staying here. Where do you want to go to college? I have no idea. You don't know. Okay. You should not try here. New York. It's fun. New York is the best. Um. <laughs> Once in, it's so cool. I know. But, yeah. It like, really is the best. I want I want to have you here. I want to have you and your mom here because we'd have so much fun. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I think it would be, like I said, I mean, New York's definitely not perfect. It is so not perfect. But, I mean, they take these type of cases super seriously. Yeah. I just can't even... Sorry, that's my dog. <laughs> oh no, it's okay. It's okay. It's it's almost like like you know just small town bullshit when it's not actually small town. Just you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's crazy. Oh my gosh. Um. Well, I you know I'm doing my best. I'm obviously still green at this, but I'm doing my best to look into everything and help as much as I can. So, um, thanks for taking the time to to talk with me and. Um, of course. Yeah. So just, just for people to, just for fun. I mean, like what, what's your favorite food and what do you like to do for fun? Because we've talked about this bullshit for, you know what I mean? For the last 50 minutes. So just tell us more about yourself. Um, well, my favorite food is spaghetti. Okay. So it's my daughter's. I love, I love, um, carabas and just any like authentic Italian food I love yeah um any type of pasta I love it's my favorite I could eat it every day for the rest of my life Um, (laughs) okay you gotta come to Brooklyn then you gotta come here (laughs) oh yeah yeah um y'all have good pizza too oh my gosh it's so good it's so it's a sin it's so good (laughs) (laughs) um I love to run it like releases a lot of emotions and I can really think especially Mm. if it's really pretty out 
Um, I like to go on like little trails and run. Um, and while it's getting in my training, it's a nice release. Um, yeah. Especially on those easy run days. Those are super nice. Yeah. Your so, easy run, I'd die. <laughs> I'd have like a heart attack. <laughs> I'd be like, cool. <laughs> um, no, really. <laughs> but I love, I love running. Um, I'm a homebody. I love to be at home. I love to just sit in bed and watch TV and eat food um, or just like, I don't know. I just love being home. I'm not like a big, like going out person or I don't know. I just love being at home. Um, I see, I love dogs so much. They're, I knew that. I knew yeah. that. <laughs> um, I'm kind of like boring. Uh, you are so not, you are not boring. I mean, you're, you're just a really good girl. I feel like you're, yeah. no, you are a really good girl. You, you and your mom are really lucky to have each other right now. Um, I don't like you guys are just truly like heroes. And I meant that they really are heroes. And Gracie is a tough girl. She is very, very tough, but just know that there are times that she does cry herself to sleep at night knowing that her dad is still out there. So again, it's really important that everybody who's listening to this podcast, please, please just raise awareness around this case. Share it with your friends. Go to the change.org petition and sign it. I mean, there's over 250,000 signatures at this point, which is pretty incredible. And I think that the more people that sign, I mean, it just shows how ridiculous it is that the case hasn't been reopened. I mean, 250,000 signatures, that's that's just crazy. So anyway, thanks again for listening to this podcast. Please share. Please share Grant's story, Gracie's story. And yeah, we'll be back next week with another episode. And I meant that. They really are heroes. 